1: and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8, From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street, the headquarters of the Gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for over 95 years, or in our prayer towel, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. on August 4th, 1923 and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Today, We celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Kauai Branch Church. We welcome all, including our viewers, friends, and saints, to join us in worship and praise unto our Lord Jesus for this special milestone of the gospel work continued on Kauai. The church is located at 4461 Omao Road in beautiful Omao, Kauai, Hawaii, where Pastor Linda K. I. Asano Sr. and his helpmate Deborah Asano have been faithfully carrying on the gospel work preaching and spreading the gospel of salvation full and free in Jesus' name. We start our musical program with a song by the church choir who will sing, I Have a Wonderful Lord. They are led by choir director Emilia Han and are accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Rose Bahaku Carter on the organ. Please join in and sing with our choir following the words on your screen. have the church band who play a rendition of the song heaven came down and glory filled my soul led by yours truly I'm next to call upon Seth Makana Asano, who is our soloist for today. He will bring forth the number, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. More than ever before, we need to turn our eyes upon Jesus, looking unto Him for guidance, comfort, and strength in the times we are living in. Makana, as he is fondly referred to amongst the saints, is accompanied by yours truly on the piano, Josiah, Associates, and Reggie Boat Sr. on the guitar, Associates, Marvin, a bing on the bass, and Iris Locke, on the drums,
2: oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness, you see, there's light for a look at the Saviour and life more abundant and free turn your eyes upon jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light Of his glory and grace Through death into life everlasting He passed and we follow him there Over sin no more hath dominion For more than conquerors we are face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. His word shall not fail you, he promised, believe him and all will be well. His perfect salvation to tell Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full on His wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of his glory and grace, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strange, lead him in the light his glory and grace and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and
1: grace the second song today, we call upon the church choir who will sing, He Set Me Free. They're accompanied by Theoday Summers on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. Surely we can praise and thank the Lord for providing the keys to salvation of our souls. For those who have heeded his call and obeyed his commandments, Jesus has set us free from the bonds of sin. to me The next number is by a string ensemble of our church band. They will play a rendition of "I Know God's Promise Is True." They are also accompanied by Mason Asano, senior on the guitar. The final number for our musical program will be sung by our vocal group known as the Daughters of Judah. With their sweetly blended voices, they will sing the solid rock. They are accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano. This song is dedicated to Ms. Seneca Rose Hahn. She's the eldest daughter of Associate Pastor Timothy and Mrs. Emilia Hahn. Seneca is an active member of the church choir and band and orchestra and participates in various projects and activities in and around the church. May the Lord bless you most abundantly, Seneca, for the many ways you have contributed to the Lord's work and continue to serve Him. Have a blessed day.
3: My whole- blood and righteousness, I dare not trust the sweetest praise. but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness seems to veil his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. Trumpets are
4: Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat the television time stations and locations in the continental United States who are viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XTTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8, and Comcast channel 2.38 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ovden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in the home state Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m., and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m., except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At Kamiki Branch Church, located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held at Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Same schedule is observed by Neighbor Island Branch Churches. Our services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneda Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. L. Vario in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinlo in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Hawaii; by Pastor Hannibal Esper in Balogopi, Kauai, and by Pastor Vesper Esper in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections, however, If you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Are you aware, TV
1: viewers, that the name of Jesus is above all other names in heaven and earth? Thus, one way the apostolic faith, Mother Church and its branches have lifted the name of Jesus is through their signs situated above the rooftops of every lighthouse or main structure of worship, which is, say, Jesus coming soon. In every telecast message and every sermon preached at our churches, We never fail to exhort the name of Jesus and its necessity in fulfilling the only correct, true, and complete way to salvation as planned and commanded by God. It is my heartfelt desire that today's sermon entitled, What Will Happen Next, will lead and guide you to believe the gospel and reach out to Jesus. Whether one is 80 or 20, there is in every human heart a great reservoir of childlike awe and wonder. Childlike zest for what's next? Childlike hope for the transformation of things as they are into things as they will be. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.9, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. Only a heart filled with childlike awe can cherish that prophecy. Listen to Mark 16, 15 through 16. And He said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So you see, the Word tells us to believe not to understand, as the understanding of the Word comes later. The key word is believe. Jesus' last talk in the upper room is found in John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus knew that he was about to go forth to die, but instead of asking for help and comfort, he spent these last hours comforting his disciples. After he had talked with them, he prayed with them. And then, after they had sung a hymn together, he went apart in the garden of Gethsemane, from which he was taken by the soldiers and crucified. Let us read verse 2 and 3. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. This is the first promise of his return for his own who are water-washed, blood-washed, and spirit-filled. Let us read in 1 Thessalonians 4, 15-18. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, That we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And these are comforting words for those of us living in this present time. The next greatest event that is going to happen on this earth is the rapture. When believing true again believers, both dead and alive, Will in the twinkling of an eye be caught up to meet the Lord in the air? The question I pose to you is, are you ready to meet Jesus? You should be looking for that blessed hope. His coming refers to a time prior to the start of the seven-year tribulation. Only a heart that nurtures a childlike yearning for things as it ought to be can believe in Jesus' promise of everlasting life. In his father's great mansion, where there will be no more tears, no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, or any more pain, for the former things will be passed away. One of the difficult things about growing up is that we don't all do it at the same time. Parents are fond of prefacing words of wisdom to the children with, When I was your age, But what follows often indicates that they forget they were their children's age back in their lifetime. How soon they forget? In the last few years, the pace of change has quickened to the point that a new era was born in the short span of a generation. Whoever coined the phrase, Generation Gap, was right. Reaching that driving age with two cars in the family was a status symbol. Once upon a time, today, two cars are generally regarded as a necessity. By the way, what generally happens when a car runs out of gas? In all probability, the parents are approached for cash or credit card. Today, our children borrow just about everything they can get. The growing of span in life is conditioned by the times, but times change now more rapidly than ever before, and so does the experience of youth. In Mark's Gospel, Jesus informs us that the kingdom of God belongs to the youth. Read in Mark 10, 13 to 15, in which Jesus blesses little children. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that bought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer or allow. Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. However, the Lord Jesus did not say that children make up the kingdom, but that we must be childlike in our faith and simply accept him if we desire to enter his kingdom. Jesus was not speaking of youth as a time of life. Jesus was pointing towards a quality of life that all could aspire to, regardless of age. As a matter of fact, the heart's desire should be to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added in thereafter. What things, you ask? Listen to Colossians 3, 1-4. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Have your heart set on heavenly things. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear in glory. Thus the essential question is still waiting to be answered. What is really worth doing in life? Behaving as Jesus would have us behave will set us apart and make us appear different, maybe even unreal, some may say. We may be persecuted, rejected by the people of this world, but however painful it may seem, or however loud the voice of scorn may be raised, we will hear the voice of Jesus rise above it. Listen to John 10:16, And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. When the gospel of the kingdom of God was preached, both Jews and Gentiles were saved and came into the same fold, the body of Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Paul tells us in Ephesians 4 4 to 6 of the seven ones to be kept there is one body, one Spirit even as they are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Lately, we have read about some man or group of men setting up a new faith of some kind. It may be an institution of learning, for schools and colleges are being built all over the land. It may be an institution to care for the mentally ill or retired children. As Christians, and having compassion for those in need, we are interested in those institutions. We realize their value. We see the world's need of them. We know what good works they can do. But the grandest, most glorious, and most wonderful institution in all the world was not founded by man but Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We call this institution the church. It is the only thing founded by Jesus that was left to this world. It was through the church that the gospel was preached and kept alive to the present time. It has survived intense attacks throughout the ages. It deserves the dedication and best service every true born-again Christian can offer. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church despite all the persecutions. The questions asked are, how do I get into this church? What does salvation mean? When we refer to the dictionary for the meaning, we find this definition, a saving or being saved, preservation from destruction, rescue. A man who is drowning and is put to safety has experienced a type of salvation. A businessman about to lose everything is rescued through a friend's assistance and the business is saved. That is, other types of salvations. However, the salvation which cometh from the Lord offers to the sinner his life, that the sinner might have life. Mankind, who is destined to hell and eternal punishment, is saved through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But still, few men recognize and believe in him. However, Cornelius, in Italian, of the book of Acts chapter 10, who felt an emptiness within knew there was something to the God of the Jews. His fear for the Lord caused him to live a just life, acceptable to God, and he prayed fervently. Suddenly, the Lord began to fill the emptiness of this desperate man. Reading Acts ten verses three to four, he saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Isn't it wonderful to know that as we reach up to him in prayer, he will reach down to us and render an answer. Yes, God gave Cornelius the answer to his prayers. God also prepared Peter, who was now filled with the Holy Ghost, to preach unto them the things that were commanded of God. What were these things, you might ask? Among the most important was none other than the gospel of the kingdom of God. Peter's first words amidst an inquiring multitude is recorded in Acts the second chapter in the 38 verse. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Cornelius, hearing these words, believed and became the first fruit of the Gentile world. John the Beloved wrote in John 3:5, Jesus answered, Very, very, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Cornelius found relief as he listened to the word of God. Finally, read in Acts four twelve, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Did not Jesus declare, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Now put yourself in the shoes of Cornelius, a God-fearing man, diligent in prayer and worship, and yet possessing a longing soul. The same rejoiced at the arrival of Peter. He spoke of their coming together. A miracle happened in their lives. As Peter spoke the word of the Lord, they were filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues as magnified God. The Jews marveled at the event because the power of God not only rested on the Jews, but upon the Gentiles as well. A new revelation was given to Peter regarding God's plan of salvation through this experience. And Peter commanded them to be baptized. Listen to Acts 10 47 48. Can any forbid water that these should not be baptized? Which receive the Holy Ghost as well as we? and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Yes, without the name of Jesus in the water of baptism, one has not yet fulfilled all the righteousness and is not saved. Like into Cornelius, I encourage you in the viewing audience to follow the heaven sent message to salvation. Now let's refocus upon our message. The Pharisees were the foremost enemies of the Lord Jesus Christ from the beginning of His ministry. They wanted to trap Jesus and find something with which to accuse Him so that they could put Him to death. They were joined by the Sadducees. These two groups were exactly opposite in their religious beliefs, but for them, their common enemy was Jesus. The Pharisees were sticklers for the law and the traditions of the elders, while the Sadducees were the modernists of their day. They didn't believe in the resurrection. Yet these two opposing groups lined up against Jesus and his teachings. And isn't it a fact that even today men rise up against the truth? These two groups came to Jesus and demanded that he give them some material sign to prove that He was the Son of God. He rebuked them. As we read Matthew 16, 2 to 4, He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be fall weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky but can he not discern the signs of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. This same thing is true of so many people today. They study the word and all of its mysteries. They know about history. They know about science they know about current business every age from the stone age is familiar to them but they don't know anything about Jesus Christ and life everlasting to them the Bible is a closed book and God is only a name to be used in profanity God's last name is not damned Jesus called these religious leaders evil an adulterous. They had already seen many evidences of his divinity. They had seen him feeding the 5,000 at one time and 4,000 at another. They had witnessed him healing the sick and giving sight to the blind. They had seen numerous other miracles that he had performed. But they didn't want to believe in him. They despised him. And wanted to destroy him. You know when you hate someone, you can't see anything good about them. No matter what they do. And these hypocrites could see absolutely nothing good in Jesus. Their hatred blinded them. Now for the second time, Jesus explained to them that he was going to give them but one sign. The sign of his resurrection. This was to be positive proof to all the world that he was the son of God. Jesus told the disciples to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They thought he was talking about bread, since they had forgotten to bring any on the journey with them. But Jesus says, "No, I'm not talking about bread. You know, I can provide all these food for you." Ministry Matthew sixteen seven to twelve. How is it that he do not know, did not understand that I speak it not to you concerning bread, but he should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees, then understood they how that He might, that He bade them not beware of the living of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. In other words, don't ever let false doctrines influence you. This warning is certainly applicable to us today. The world is full of false teachings about spiritual matters. All kinds of isms and cults exist. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen 13 to 15, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. The Bible is our only authority. Let us never accept man's word above God's word. Let God be true and every man a liar. Many preachers have thrown their old basic beliefs out the window and they now teach the opinions of men rather than the doctrines of God. The living of modernism, liberalism, And cults have spread like wildfire in these last days. Away with the sweet talk, the pious platitudes. And that every day, in every way, we are getting better and better attitude. Let's get back to the Bible. Back to the Word of God. Back to Jesus. Back to preaching about hell and the judgment. Back to calling men of every creed and color to repentance, faith and eternal life. Jesus gave his disciples a little examination. He asked a question as you read in Matthew, the 16th chapter and in the 13th verse. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? Their answers show how Jesus had impressed people in different ways read in the 14th verse, And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. There's a wonderful implication given to us right here. The people of his day knew Jesus. They had heard what he had said. They had seen the remarkable things that he had done. He was so unusual they could not liken him to anyone they knew. There was simply no one on earth like him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there has never been and never will be another like Jesus. Jesus brought the crucial question home to them. And imagine that all the disciples looked toward Peter, their spokesman, for a response. Without hesitation, he answered. We read in verse 16, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ the son of the living God. Peter often said the wrong thing, but did not this time. For the statement did not come from Peter, but from God himself. As you read in verse 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. There were times when we saw Peter at his worst, Surely our hearts would have been heavy if we had heard him cursing one night, declaring he had never known Jesus. But here, Peter was at his best. Any man is at his best when he stands for truth and righteousness. The church mentioned something for the very first time. When Jesus said unto Peter in verse 18, and I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it." Jesus was not stating here that his church will be built upon Simon Peter, but upon God, Jesus himself, the essential rock. After all, the fact of his deity had just been confessed by Peter. The use of the word rock was understood by the Jews to whom our Lord was speaking. When Moses smote a rock in the wilderness, The rock was a symbol of the Son of God. Did the Lord mean that the church was to be founded on Peter? Certainly Peter would have understood this promise, yet in his first epistle, he indicated no such thing. However, a solid foundation did exist then as now. The church was built upon Jesus, as we read in 1 Corinthians 10, 4, and did all drink that same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. First Corinthians 311 states, For other foundations can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. For nearly 2,000 years, men have tried in every way to tear down the church. Yet she, she stands, she lives, she grows, she prospers. No other institution could have taken the abuse that she has taken and continue to exist. And why does she exist yet? Because she is founded on that rock Christ Jesus, Jesus maintained that the gates of hell would not prevail against his church. Jesus meant that death would never conquer his church. If you have linked your life to Jesus and his church, you are on the winning and living side. Hallelujah, what a savior. Now, if you would like to know more about God's word, the church, and review this telecast presentation its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. To conclude our telecast this morning, the church band will play the song entitled Sweeter As the Years Go By. (laughs) Thank <laughs>
0: was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.